Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I want to take a couple minutes and share with you something that God put in my heart this week and it's fresh for me. I really feel like the Lord was speaking to me. You know, we've we've been teaching a lot on um, multiplication, on sowing and reaping, and I feel like God actually gave me um, probably the final well, it's not going to be the final because there's always more in God, but one, a, a very, very important key um, to multiplication in my in my life personally. And so I had to come on here and share it with you. Um, but something, something that I usually do is when I start talking to our team about things um, that the Lord is speaking, you know, I usually will say, you know, guys, this isn't a rebuke. And maybe that's just something that I've, I'm used to saying. But I want to tell you this, when you listen to this message, if it is a rebuke, then good. Then God. Then God's word is doing what God's word is supposed to do because it's useful to rebuke, reprove, and exhort. So you sometimes there needs to be a pruning. Sometimes there needs to be a reevaluation. And so I wanted to take some time because when the Lord does this in you, when anything that gets pruned back is getting ready for new growth, and anything that's you know uh, anything that's that's got like scraggly old branches on it, um, that that's a sign that there's not life or anything. You know, I have a tree that I planted a couple months ago in my front yard and these worms have come and feasted on the leaves and it bothers me every time I see it. I need to, I need to actually go and trim the leaves off because it's just nothing else can grow there because something's eaten it up. So, um, so let today be a pruning. Let today help your life. I want to see you excel in every area of your life. I want to see you um, multiply. I want to see you um, go, you know, we just came out of the double portion conference. And so that's really what I'm going to be speaking about was what God spoke to me through that conference. And I feel like God, um, every single service unfolded something else. He didn't give it to me all at once because I probably wouldn't have been able to handle it. So I'm going to go through kind of what God showed me. But God wants to multiply you, um, but he can't multiply idleness or complacency. He cannot multiply what you're, you know, what you're not willing to work with. If you're not willing to 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 do something um, that God can work with, if you're not willing to, you know, go out and put your hands to something, if you're not willing to step out of your comfort zone and, and do something for the Lord, then there's there's not gonna be that multiplication. So also God can't multiply work that's done with a bad attitude or a bad motive or, or, you know, out of some, some where you feel um, compelled that you have to do something, but you don't want to do it. And you're just doing it with this grumbling and complaining thing. You know, when you give, the Bible says that when you give your heart attitude is recorded and everything in life is a seed. Every action that you do with your life is a seed. Every time you serve in church, that's a seed. But you know what? You don't. You don't want to. When you when you do that serving, if your heart is with a bad attitude, uh, you know that 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 attitude's being recorded. And the Bible says, uh, I believe it's in Second Corinthians. You know, don't give grudgingly or out of necessity. God loves a cheerful, prompt to do it giver. So everything you do in life is a seed, and you really need to think about that. You know, even if for the ones that, you know, if you have a family and you're cleaning up around the house and you're, and you're scrubbing everything and people always joke, you know, when you're cleaning your house, you start getting mad at everybody because you're, you know, you're looking at everybody's mess. You know, I've had to check myself in that. Like, I, I don't feel like doing this. I'm the only one doing this, but then I'm not sowing good seed. Every single thing you do is a seed. So, you know, even if you're sowing seeds and you're, and you're looking for this financial harvest and you're speaking the word and you're like, well, God, why am I not seeing a harvest? Well, this is the part that's kind of hard to, to swallow, but are you a quality worker in God's field? 
because this is what the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 5.18. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. The Amplified says, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain to keep it from eating. And the worker is worthy of his wages. He deserves fair compensation. So that that scripture can work either for you or against you, because if you're a worker that's worthy of your of your hire, of your wages, of that reward, well, are you what kind of work are you doing? What have you presented to the king? So God, God is a fair and just God. He, and so if he's going to give you what you deserve. So if you're, if you're a laborer in his kingdom, if you're going after it hundred miles an hour, you're going to be blessed. If you're sowing, if you're speaking the word and you're putting your hands to something, you're going to be blessed. I'm, I'm going to read to you James two, cause I want to show you another way. And this is going to help it to make more sense for you. James chapter two, if you're writing that down, finding it. James, James, where are you? James, two. In verse 14, it says, What is the benefit, my fellow workers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? This is amplified. Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. Go down to verse 21. It says, was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience, which, which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac, his son on the altar as a sacrifice to God. You see that his faith was working together with his works. And as a result of the works, his faith was completed, reaching its maturity when he expressed his faith through obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God. And this faith was credited to him by God as righteousness and as conformity to his will. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man believer is justified by works and not by faith alone. This is by acts of obedience. A born again believer reveals his faith. And then verse 26 says, for just as the human body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works of obedience is also dead. So that's that's also a tough pill to swallow if you realize that you've been, you know, you know, there's this this thing that people like to say, well, I'm just living by faith. I'm just living by faith. And it's code word for I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> I've, I've put some I've thrown some money into the offering bucket. I'm treating it like a wishing well. And I'm not really doing anything with my life. I'm just living by quote unquote faith. Well, that's not faith. According to the Bible, Bible faith is proven by its works. So. Let's keep moving on. Matthew 25. (laughs) Matthew 25. I believe it starts at verse 14. It says, this is the parable of the talents. And I want you, while I'm reading this, think about this. This is a, a type and shadow of your entire life. So think about this in the, in the, in this perspective for it is, For it is like a man who was about to take a journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and and traded with them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more." But the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. 
Uh, Verse 19 says, Now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted to me five talents. See, I've made a profit and gained five more. So that's double. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. And go down to verse 26, because I want to read to you. So, and, and, and just to, to paraphrase it, the, 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 um, the other servant who he had given to, he came back with two more. So he also doubled, but this is what he said to the man who he gave one talent. And then he buried the talent in the ground and then came back with the same talent. He said, but, um, so the one who received one talent also came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to lose the talent. I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. But his master answered him, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reaped the harvest where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my money with the bankers at my return. I would have, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. So, you know, it's interesting when you read that and you think about the scope of your whole life, you know, God has entrusted you. God's put a calling on your life. Every single person, God's put a high calling. And you know, when you stand before God, you don't stand before God to give him the excuses for why you did not do um, A, B, and C and the things that God's called you. You stand before God to give an account for your life and for the calling that he gave you. Just like when the master came back and he said, he said, uh, you know, for the ones that, that came back with their double, he said, great job. For the ones that, that came back and said, well, here, here's, your, here's your thing back. You know, I, I didn't want to do it wrong. So I just get, let me just give it right back to you. God called that man wicked and lazy. And he took that, what, what he, the one town that he gave him and he gave it to the man that had the most. And so some people would say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, the thing is, is in the kingdom of God, multiplication is what God expects because God is a God of multiplication. So he's given you the tools. He's given you the word of God. He's given you a way to multiply. So when you don't multiply, um, you're not going to succeed in what God's called you to do. So in any area, no matter what, if, whatever you're called to, whether it's business, whether it's ministry, if you're doing, th- if you're doing things idly and lazy, lazy, there's, there's no reward for that. Uh, you're, you're accountable to God for what he's given you and he wants to see multiplication. So double is really, really the expectation of God. And that's why this conference was called a double portion because when, when you, when you buckle up and you say, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be, I want to be pleasing to you. I want to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Um, then, then you better get ready for things to double. And not only does that mean double the harvest, but it means double the work. Are you, like I said at the beginning, are you a good worker in his field? Because God's, he's a fair and just God. He's going to give you the fair compensation for your work. So are you, are you doing the work to, to, uh, that, that would, that would, uh, you know, initiate or, or would, would put into motion you getting that harvest that you, that you're believing for, that you're expecting. So I want to ask you this, what takes your time? Because time is the currency of your life. What takes your time? What are you, what are you doing with the, the majority of the time that you have on this earth? What are you doing with your time? Let me read to you something. 
this morning I took, it probably only took me about two hours um, total with, you know, a couple of um, stops here and there. But I, I started, I went to my bookshelf and I found this because the Lord's been talking to me about excellence. And I found this book that was from um, Bible school called Six Steps to Excellence in Ministry by Kenneth Copeland. And this really stood out to me talking about what do you do with your time? And this is what he said. He said, it takes the word of God to separate you from the things of this world. Unnecessary things take up your time and dilute the power of God operating in and through you. That was a rebuke. (laughs) And I received it. You know, things, things, things that are unnecessary that take up your time end up diluting the power of God. You know, you, 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 there's, there's a calling, there's a purpose, there's a plan for your life. The devil would love to keep you distracted. He'd love to keep you, um, running around the same mountains. So, and then this was another thing, you know, because obviously running the word, the word is what should take the, 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 the reins in our focus. The, the word of God should be the overwhelming, uh, that should be the, that should be the, the, the first thought in our mind when it comes to a subject, you know, the default should be the word, but that takes training that takes training. Just like we know when you get in your car, you don't really necessarily, if you've been driving for a while, you don't really necessarily think about the actions that you're doing. And because you trained, you know, you were trained how to drive that car. You don't think about these types of things. And it's the same with the word of God. You know, you can train yourself with the word of God to where that becomes the default. And even in your thought life, you can train yourself with the word of God to where your thought life goes to the word rather than to, um, you know, to the overwhelming circumstance that you're dealing with. God, actually, that's the plan that he has for you is that you would default to the word, um, I'm going to read you this. It says, in order to put the word first, and this was something he was instructing to minister. So if you're, if you're called to the ministry, I would, I would closely pay attention to this. In order to put the word first, you will have to feed on it day and night. You must program your mind with it and get rid of all that other rubbish, which has been fed into your consciousness. Satan will see to it that it will not be an easy task to overcome him. You need an intensive total immersion of the word of God night and day, not just a casual reading of the scripture for a few minutes. And then he said, we as ministers ought to discipline ourselves in the word 24 hours a day, especially in the beginning years. And then he went on to talk about how, um, and this book was written, you know, many years ago, I actually don't know what year it was written, but he talked about when he was first in ministry that he kept a tape recorder and he kept playing tapes of preaching and he kept it all the time, even as he was, um, you know, when they were in the beginning days of their ministry, this was a book by Kenneth Copeland, when him and his wife were in the beginning days of ministry, they did everything themselves. And he said, you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed when you have to do everything and then preach. But he said, I would keep the scriptures going as I got ready in the morning. I would keep the preaching on as I was uh, setting up the sound system for the for the meetings that night. I would keep the word in my ears. And then, and then he said, even when I would take the word and I didn't ha- and I wouldn't have it playing, he said, I realized that it was the soundtrack going on inside of me, that the word of God was playing inside of me because I had started to train my spirit man to be in charge. I had started to train my spirit man with the word of God. So I want to ask you to sincerely look at your life and to take stock of your life and say, what takes my time and what takes the reins in my focus? You know, if it's, if it's something that's a distraction, 
if it's something that's a fear, if it's something that's trying to take you out of the ministry or take you out of the call and the plan of God for your life, you have to replace whatever that overwhelming thought is with the word of God. There's not another way to do it. And that's how the Bible says you'll have good success. It says in, I believe in the book of Joshua, study the word, meditate in this word day and night so that you can have good success in your life. So that's for me, that's the goal. I want to have good success with my life. I want to, I want to reach people. We have a calling of God in our life to take a flame to the nations, to, 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 you know, to impact many, many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the mandate. And when I stand before God, I can't say, God, well, you know, it was just really hard, you know, and I know that you gave me this, um, you gave me that, that, you know, that calling, uh, you know, but I, I, I'm so sorry. I just, he will, here's it back. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know why I didn't do anything with it. Um, hopefully that's okay. No, God's going to, God is not going to be happy if the, if what he placed in my life and what he anointed me for that I don't accomplish, uh, you know, and that's just, that's the, that's the reality of it is that God wants me to accomplish something and I want to accomplish something. So it's time to, it's time to go to the next level in excellence. Nothing can be sloppy. Nothing can be, um, nothing can be just thrown together. I need to go after it in excellence in the way that I study the word of God, in the way that I am committed to my, into the, to the, uh, to the church and the way that I'm committed to have a good attitude when I serve the Lord and the way that I'm committed to not be a part of strife or gossip. You know, one of the quickest ways to get yourself out of the plan of God and even out of the ministry and out of the, the place God has for you is to become a part of gossip because the Bible says where there's gossip, there's every other evil thing. So if you want to get yourself quickly out of the, out of the will of God, just get hooked up with people who, who talk, uh, you know, gossip and who, and who have bad attitudes. You know, you really have to look at your whole life and take stock. You know, if you have friendships that are, uh, that are taking you a direction that you knew, you knew for from the outset, this was not a friendship or a relationship that you should have had. And it's now, and, and, and maybe it's been a long time. So you've kind of become comfortable with it. Listen, you only have a, a limited amount of time. So you better get, get, get ready to make some difficult decisions and maybe uh, detach from, from the, from certain things and then attach yourself to the plan of God, the way that God intended. So, you know, and I'm speaking to myself here hundred percent of the way. Everything has to go to the next level in excellence. Everything that I'm doing for the Lord has to go to the next level in excellence. Everything that we're doing, uh, you know, and the thing with excellence is that it's a, it's a, it's a decision. You make the decision. I'm going to be excellent. I'm, I'm going to be excellent in attitude. I'm going to be excellent in my spirit, man. I'm going to be excellent in the way that I handle the word of God. I'm not going to let anything slip or slide. I'm not going to associate with people that are, that are not excellent, that are not going after what God's called them to do. You know, and I feel like this is a word maybe specifically for some people that are listening. Some of you are going to have to detach from things and maybe be by yourself for a little while and then just immerse yourself in the word of God and get anointed for the plan and purpose that he has for your life. And you might have to detach from everything that you've been around in and around, uh, you know, for several years of your life and the things that you know that are, 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 are normal to you. You may have to detach from some things and and get with the Lord and get anointed for what he's called you to do because you know that you know that you know that you're called to do something great. And that thing that you see yourself doing when you close your eyes before you're going to sleep at night, that thing that you see yourself doing, that thing that moves you on the inside in your spirit, man, God desires that you would accomplish that. 
And if you can see it in your spirit, you can do it. So you need to get, you need to strip everything away, every excess thing of the world, every excess uh, thing, things that I know this is going long, but I feel really prompted on this, but there's things that people have kept in their life because they feel like it's part of their personality or who they are. And it's total garbage and it's from the pit of hell. And if there's things in your life that you're holding on to, and I'm just going to name a few secular music, if you're holding on to that for dear life and you think that that's part of who you are and you need that to be who you are, um, it's from the pit of hell. Uh, the the wrong relationships. Uh, what what are you putting in your eye gates? You need to you need to seriously evaluate what you're putting in your life. And you know, unfortunately, this is just the stuff. These are the pitfalls that we've seen people fall into. They're not willing to give something so small to the Lord. And the last thing I'm going to say is this: the the purity cannot be replaced with anything else. Purity of heart cannot be replaced with anything else, can't be replaced with what you sow in the offering plate, can't be replaced with what you, how many times you serve in the church or, or whatever. Purity of heart is, 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 is the, is the main thing. You have to be pure in heart so that you can, you can be successful. If there's anything in your heart that's impure, I pray that God keeps you small enough that you don't go to hell. Because if you have something impure in your heart and then you gain success, that thing is going to eventually take the reins and take you out. So take stock of your life and take stock of what's in your heart and, and seriously consider making these changes. So I know today was a, was not a a light and fluffy one. It was, it was more of a rebuke, but I believe that it's going to help you. I believe that it's a pruning that needed to be done. I believe that if, and if it's helped you, please send it to somebody and say, Hey, listen, you and I need to go to the next level. We need to go to the next level. And everything she's saying, you know, though some of those things are hard to hear. And though some of those things, I don't really want to make those changes. I know that I need to and get with somebody, get with a friend, a Holy ghost friend and say, we need to make some changes. Or if you don't have one of those, just get with the Holy ghost himself and say, God, we're going to, I'm making some changes today. I'm not going to be the same. I'm going to use my life for your glory. I'm going to bring you you, I'm going to bring you, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the glory I'm going to come, I'm going to have that double portion. I'm not going to be a wicked and lazy servant in your sight. I'm going to be the one that you say, well done, good and faithful servant. So I love you. God loves you. So proud of you. So it's, it's amazing to hear the things that God's doing in each and every one of your lives. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon.